What's up, everybody? Joseph back with another episode of DFW Creatives, where I shine a spotlight on Dallas Fort Worth creatives I find inspiring. My special guest today is Brandy Michelle Adams, the owner curator of Waz Gallery. Welcome. Hi, Joseph. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Longtime fan of everything you've been doing here in Dallas and super excited to talk to you. When you contacted me, I would say I was just as inspired because I believe we've kind of grown up in this industry together over the years. And um, you've seen what I've done across the bridge in South Dallas, and I've seen what you've done in Dallas and around the world. Thank you, thank you. I know you uh, have, uh, we bump into each other, gosh, off and on at coffee shops, and uh, we, we are both very, uh, uh, we, we love each other's work, and we, we love the drive and motivation, and, uh, and I do thank you for, for, uh, for always saying nice things about my work and supporting what I do, so. Um, but we're talking about you, you, Miss Brandy Michelle Who, Adams. Me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I want to talk to you. Uh, we're in Waz, your gallery. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about that first. Uh, what's the story behind Waz? When did it start? And uh, what does Waz mean? I got to ask you that. So, well, um, Waz was actually manifested. I got it tattooed on the back of my neck four years prior to opening the space in 2011, um, which was around the time of September 11th. uh, One, to honor all the tragedy and um, conflict that we were going through in our world, but also to honor the fact that a woman was stepping into a space that was facilitated by man over 100 plus years and to take that space into a transformative incubator for many of not just local artists, but international artists to come in and exhibit the work that I believe at that time needed to be shown in our city or discovered, Um, but also not using the traditional gallery type model to bring was into more of an institution type mindset. When you say traditional, I don't mean to cut you off, but when you say traditional, what do you mean by that? Um, I say that now because we don't operate more so like a traditional gallery. When I think, when I started this, um, you know, journey, I did not necessarily do all the research that was necessary in understanding what all a gallery did, Um, but to find out they generally do nine shows a year. Um, You're given a solo show or a couple of group shows. Um, You're then put underneath a contract for a year or two years and you build within that artist arena and your own. Um, Where I, I think I was pigeoned into that idea that I needed to become this thing to be a part of the local Dallas art community. And I've always been, I'd say, a rebel or warrior or advocate for knowing there was more than what our city would really give us information to or even let us be aware of by seeing it with our own eyes or touching it with our own hands. Right. Um, you know, was was opened to show not just myself, this was my life and my commitment and my practice, but to show Dallas that we could open up the possibilities to so many different types of art 
uh, publicly and within corporate spaces, um, live workplace spaces, and community at large. Oh, and to answer your question after that long-winded answer, <laughs> was stands for, and you can say was, or you can say was, um, it's like tomato, tomato, but it stands for, we are all stars. Because ah. I truly believe that we are. Okay, that's all I need. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I've, I always wondered. I've been here so many damn times, and I've never known what that meant. It's an acronym, but it also um, illustrates the fact that I was a lot of things. And You are be- a lot of things. Well, and then and I was, too. You know, like, I was this celebrity hair and makeup artist in my 20s and came all the way from Los Angeles to Dallas to build this. And I was this still very important hair and makeup artist when I first started building was because that's how I subsidized my income. I'm not a spoon fed or let's say um, I'm a single white woman, not married. I don't have a husband. I don't have um, someone that's giving me money just because they want me to go play or that's part of your job as a woman to just, you know, do what you're giving money to do and then lead that job because that's what the community needs versus what can we become as women. Yeah. I have so much respect for you and what you've done and I already know that you've worked hard. Um, but I, I do want you to share a little bit about that. Uh, can I ask you about uh, growing up mm-hmm. and uh, were you around were you around artists were your, your parents or uh, siblings if you have any um, I actually grew up uh, I was born in Tampa Florida um, that's where my dad met my mom and my mom was from Tampa uh, my dad being a construction worker traveled there for business and Um, Then they made the decision to come back to Texas where my dad uh, grew up and was raised in Grand Prairie. So I grew up in Grand Prairie, Texas. I went to um, elementary, uh, middle school and high school there. I did start in a private school, um, Christian private school to be clear. Um, But my journey as an artist, um, I think began very young having undiagnosed ADHD and um, dyslexia, found myself um, moved by more sports and extracurricular activities like dance and skating. Okay, Um, those are fun. Yeah, and I needed a place to put my energy. Like, I was still great at school. I didn't necessarily fail or do bad, Um, but I've been dancing since I was five. Um, I went all the way to high school to be competitive. All the way into my 20s was a professional dancer. You were? I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Danced in Los Angeles. I'm in a couple of music videos. I will not mention. More respect. Just throwing it at you. Jeez. (laughs) I mean, I won nationals uh, in skating in high school. You know, these are those things that I was that everyone's like, wait, that was part of your life? And it's like, yeah, it's been an interesting ride per se. Um, But my mom, you know, she was uh, a cheerleader and a housewife, stood by her man, which I think would have a lot to do with my feminism and why I believe in breaking free from this human condition that women are to be baby makers and home home, um, caretakers. and, And not to say that there's anything wrong with that. I have so much respect for my mom putting up with me even at 42 in August. 
Um, but you know, I guess the universe brought me to Dallas and art has just always been a part of my life, whether I was doing ceramics or drawing um, in high school with my high school teacher named Art Hall, who was just so dreamy. His name was Art? His name was Art Hall okay, and, and he was so dreamy. And he was dreamy. <laughs> and you know, and he, he saw my creativity and you gotta remember like this was in the 90s. Right, I'll be 42 in August. And I grew up in the 90s too. Yeah, well, and we just weren't necessarily given the idea that art was going to be a real job, or that you could go to art school and do something with this vivid mind of expansion and ideas and creativity. And you know, my dad, I saw, went to um, college on a ride for football and blew his knee out and partied his career away and came back and you know got back in the construction world but saw his drawings when he was growing up and he was an incredible like sketch artist and illustrator but he didn't go forward with that because that's not what he was told to do plus that's not how men were really conditioned you were the the man of the house you took care of the family you provide and you live your life and go on with your merry self and I just I believe there was so much more than that and my parents had a really dysfunctional relationship while I was growing up just because they were young adults having a kid and probably didn't know what to do or how to manage um, how sick I was growing up as a kid. I was really sick in and out of the hospital most of my life. So to have two young adults raising a very sick child with multiple uh, ear surgeries and you know paying for these extracurricular activities is quite astonishing when I'm thinking back now like just talking to you like god I owe my parents so much <laughs> and that's great that you had that support and uh, I can actually relate with you because my my dad I love my dad uh, he uh, he never really showed any sign of uh, art until I don't know maybe I was in my 20s and he was trying to find I think my birth certificate so I could I don't know get a job somewhere or something and I saw like a whole like wad of his drawings and uh he's an amazing artist like Leonardo da Vinci like drawing these planes and cars and he just never did anything because he's from that generation he's uh like one of those baby boomers and um, but he's he still you know encouraged me to do that and of course you know I did the graphic design and art director thing oh, for yeah, quite so. a while and but I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I, I owe a lot to, to them, and it's amazing that, you know, we share that, that family love, you know? Yeah, and it's funny you say family love because a lot of my family has to do with who I became and how I am. Um, just to give you a little bit of background, I come from sexual abuse, and it was actually from my cousin in my family. So that is a lot of reasons too why I was drawn, and I wouldn't say pushed, but given art um, a voice that allowed me to move and speak in ways that I couldn't do in my words. And back then, you weren't really allowed to talk about sexual abuse or mental health or what were your issues. You just were supposed to swallow it, suck it up, and get over it and the reality is is that a lot of these things in our environment and the things that happened to us very young um, have a lot to do with who we become and how we behave um, so art I think has not only been in my blood it wasn't necessarily 
my parents were not really told to use their gifts. But me, um, knowing that there was more than going to work for a company for the rest of my life and grow old there and retire was just not an option. So uh, at 17, I was working for Tony and Guy um, and was first a reception. And then the makeup artist actually just didn't show up for the busiest season ever, and that was prom season. And they said, well, Brandy, you're really good at makeup. So could you step up and do this? And I'm like, uh, uh, what? <laughs> okay. And I did. And I've drawn my whole life. I just realized that I could draw and paint faces and actually make an incredible living at it. And stayed with the Tony and Guy family through most of my college uh, days. And then, you know, I went to SMU to or went to SMU to uh, audition for the dance program there in my 20s before deciding to leave for Los Angeles um, to really dive deep into my hair and makeup career. Um, you know, I walked into that room and realized that I was not the 99 pound ballerina that they were looking for to fit in their box. But I did take the challenge of going through the whole audition and I completed that audition. And no, I didn't get picked for the SMU dance team, but it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because it's the reason I left. And it's the reason I said there's got to be more than just what's here currently. And that's what I did. And I went to Westmore Academy of Cosmetic Arts um, in 2000 and got my certificate in hair and makeup, uh, special effects. Uh, Michael Westmore is actually the makeup artist that still does Star Trek to this, to this day. Um, so it's a huge family of makeup artists that I had the opportunity to work under and with. And two weeks out of school became a celebrity hair and makeup artist working for Paul Servino. And just from there, my career just didn't stop until I really came back home and said, there's a bigger call than just showing up in these rooms and making famous people look amazing and feel great. Um, it, was, it was everything I had dreamed, but I was called back when I got my wrist tattooed, There's No Place Like Home by Kat Von D Aww. around 2005. And I knew that it was time to come back because I had ran from so much of my past, so much of my history. And um, there was just like, again, like that call, it's time to come home. And I came back and started really digging deep again on what it was to live a healthy life because I was damaged for so long um, because of just these situations within my life that so many people wanted to pacify or not really recognize until almost 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you've gone on quite the journey. We were just playing with some, uh, what are those called? The Himalayan singing bowls. Himalayan singing bowls, yeah. I should have brought one of those like in 4, here. Like 4,000 years yeah. old. It's it's crazy, and apparently we both have really good energy. You you had me like flatten my palm of my hand, and you put that in there, and just I was able to circle around your yeah. circumference, and we were able to channel one another's vibration. I was glowing gold for like two whole <laughs> minutes. It was amazing. It's you pretty awesome because not many people there. can double up like that. So, yeah, well, uh, I mean, it's that's kind of the art that's in here. It's uh, you said it's not traditional when we first started the podcast. You know, it's it's a lot of different things. It can be anything, and I, I like that. Well, I believe you use the art... space in different ways. You allow the you, you allow not only to uh, 
to have like say traditional art like painting or something like that in in the in a room or in an area of the room but you also allow the artist or yourself to create an environment for it to go in so i like i liked that idea of uh you may not inadvertently try to do that that's not what you wanted but i think it works i think it really works to have a, an unfinished or open room that is not like it has a standard like it has to look this way I like that. I like that. I mean, it was if you want to think about it as almost like portals. Portals, Depending yeah, there you go. Depending on what that world needs to be at that time is what we create. Sometimes it's a painting hanging on the wall. Sometimes it's a digital print. Sometimes it's a 35 millimeter, you know, photographer's fine art piece. Uh, but what I do believe is our future is tapping into technology and our art experiences through uh, the mobility of our devices and how can we educate and teach people not just about art because I think people are really disconnected by the word art but how can they really be a part of something that is going <clears throat> to change us um, I heard someone say the other day that like art is meant to be provocative I don't know if I agree with that because my my definition of provocative I think is totally different from a 60 plus year old yeah. version of provocative you I, yeah, know I don't, I don't agree on I, that I feel like art is to start a conversation art is here to challenge us as individuals and as humans and yes there is this elitist art um, market that I can be privy to at times but I like to be in that space of no side and how can I connect this what the elitists might look at it as this low uh, brow or low level type art and see, I would say the playing field, uh, not necessarily leveled because I don't know if any of us necessarily have that um, ability without money, power, or politics, but how do you take your world and make it everything that you want it to become without any worry or notion to how you'll be affected by the outside world? Like imagine if people allowed themselves the freedom to create without worrying about what people are thinking on the outside. And I think that's why I picked was or was picked me was because it is in an area that gave me time to not only develop my ideology of what art and contemporary art and art experience really is, but to step back and go, wow, I don't have to kill myself to actually live, breed, and eat this life. I have a, a son, I'm a single mother, so do I keep killing myself and giving myself to everyone when it's not really um, the tone of what I want people to be seeing art as? Like I want people to start coming to an art gallery and really diving deep into not only how the art moves you and makes you feel, but how can you support that space? Don't just show up for the free alcohol and the night of inclusion or exclusion, but how are y'all as human beings, collectors, consumers, business owners, families going to start understanding that art is a business? And being in South Dallas, I can't just centralize myself to one market because I do believe art is for all. 
I have a specific clientele that I work with on the right, but I have my own personal agendas of seeing South Dallas not be completely um, genderfied like some of the other areas that we've had in our city, which I, I understand at times is inevitable. But how could I play a role in a community? Because I grew up in Oak Cliff, and I've seen the Hispanic community annihilated due to the Trinity, um, which benefits many of parties. But how does it benefit the everyday human that's on the ground, either doing the job or making nothing more than maybe $30 an hour, but making everybody at the top millions and millions and millions? I've been given a gift and a curse. I really do see us as humans. And I believe that we can all be better. But I've also had to accept not everybody is as passionate, nor even though I'm comfortable, I'm still discomforted. And I have people that are comfortable and they don't give two shits about being discomforted because as long as they're comfortable, what do they need to change their life for? Why do they need to do the right thing? Um, it's why I believe we're here to talk about art, you know? It's so much more than just show up, put an exhibition together, and get a collector to buy a piece of art. It's, it's so much more than that. It's what our city's lacking. <laughs> uh, I, see, I see art personally as uh, it need to provoke inspiration, uh, influence. Uh, I want to be inspired, mostly. That's you know that's how I think but I, th I think those principles can transfer to a lot of other individuals I'm not the only one I know it um, but uh, but I, that's the one thing that I noticed about uh, your gallery is like you just have different people like I said I I'm from Fort Worth I think when I first came to Dallas 2010 11 that's when yeah. I started coming to your gallery and I you know I'm I'm not very I'm not a Dallasite never have been you know I don't dress to impress I'm not an artist and there's a style that they wear you know it's um, but like I said I, I came here and I'm wearing like my, my jeans and a t-shirt and I'm, I'm accepted and I can talk to anybody I was able to talk to anybody within the space and sometimes I didn't know what to say, and then they would just put something in my hands. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And that's another thing uh, that I wanted to talk about. It was the community that you've created over the years. And we're like nine years now? It'll be, nine, well, it'll be eight. Eight, eight. Eight years? in September. Okay. We have an eight-year celebration September 14th. Did you think that uh, when you started this, you would create you'd create so many friendships and so many connections and just have this gallery just running as long as it has did, did any of that even you know you probably don't look into the future you just kind of do it and, and just see what happens right I mean so I had two years to kind of uh, step back and look at the community and I was so impressed and so in awe of everything that I did but I also had to challenge myself and ask, is that the ego talking? Or is that my authentic self? And the reality is, is I've had to come to terms with that I was building a lot of other people's dreams and I was giving them a riser and platform that at the time was exactly what I was supposed to be doing. But then after getting to take that step back and seeing um, the hundreds of thousands of dollars I had put into other people's careers and asking myself, 
was it conducive to who I was becoming and what I wanted to do? Um, the reality was no, but it took me getting hit by a drunk driver to see that what I was building was more for the ego, was more for the, I want to be an elitist. I want to make all these people powerful. I want to make them famous. I believe in their work. This person should be in this person's home. And, you know, and, and that, that is very much what a gallery should be doing, and it is their job. Um, but it also exhausted me. I mean, I was working not only, you know, 25 to 40 hours a week doing hair and makeup to subsidize the income here. I was also still building a business in South Dallas with no network, no, uh, no means of getting somewhere outside of it being a destination, you know. And so the community I'm building right now is actually not disincluding of men. It's not disincluding of anyone. It still is very much inclusive. But my transformation for me has been, what do women want? And how can we as women artists, women creatives, start getting together and celebrate our gifts and start collaborating? And yes, if we need a man to support us or be included, then let it be the right man. But I can no longer live my career based on the fact I'm going to work for free, especially for powerful men that I work for, I work for free until I sell a piece of art. If I can't get certain people in my community to understand that if I'm not being paid for certain things until something's sold, then it's our jobs to make sure that we're not pulling from one another's cups unless we are filling the other person's cup up as well, right? So I am not um, in regret of anything that I have done. I am just a little more aware of what I thought I was conditioned to do to become this art gallery versus why I was brought here in the first place. And that was really to just mix it up, to make it different, to stop hearing everyone say that we have this big art community and art in Dallas is changing. I mean, just because we have a Dallas art fair and we have Dragon Street does not mean that we still have inner supporting communities that sustain women in art or even local artists in general. So those are some of the things that I'm still challenged and wanting to work on, but in this space for women, because that's really all I have energy for right now. Not to say that I can't still get hired by a man, not to say, I mean, I work with men developers all the time. I'm just asking, where are the women in the workforce? Where's the woman curator that's being hired? Where's the, the woman um, director? Where is the women in the workforce? Not just as the nurse, as the teacher, or, you know, but where are those power women? And, and that's what I'm, I'm working towards, is creating a space that women can come to, that they feel safe in. But also, like, if you want to work with a powerful team of women, then this would be your space. Not to discredit, I know that there is a whole new world out there, um, but we still need to be given our shot. Yeah, yeah, and you've given a you've given a shot to a lot of artists over the years. If I if I was already doing this just for me, I would already be a millionaire. 
that's wouldn't the reality. We all, wouldn't we all? Yeah. But but then I asked myself, what if I just focused on me? And that's what I'm trying to do this this year. Is like, what is it that Brandy wants as a woman in the art world? You know, last year Aurora picked my performance piece and selected was to be the exhibiting gallery, and we had this brilliant um, group of collective members. And you know, again, it's how do we start getting paid as artists? How do we start getting paid for these amazing things that we know that we all can do? I feel like that's the number one question of pretty much every artist on the planet. It's that 1% that may not have, may not be a better photographer, may not be a better painter. They may not be better than, you know, a, a lot do, of people and they, and they get that. Because um, people buy crap all the time. It's, I think it's just, uh, it's, it's location, 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 yeah. and who you know, who you know, who you know. Yeah, yeah we, we've all been to galleries, and we're like, that's just a scribble on a piece of paper. And that's the way it is, the way it is. I mean, uh, if you want to, then start scribbling. If you want to be there, yeah. start scribbling, and then meet the people that, that this person met. That's that's the only thing I could ever tell anybody because people always ask me like, how do I get my work seen? How does it show up? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure stuff out daily. Right. It's getting harder and harder as especially businesses. with social media. Like, well, oh the the God. demographics changing. Uh, you have a presence on there, but I, I use it quite heavily as a marketing tool. Not much of an engagement because you can talk to a lot of people that are not even real. Right. But as for a marketing tool, yeah, it's very, very important. Photographer, somebody that it's it's just a visual platform. Well, and you're bringing that up, and I think that I think that's another thing that I could say that's very encouraging. Is like, yes, I've been, I've built this big arch of a rainbow, right? And somewhere getting to this. I think pot I saw rainbows on the but, on the murals outside. But I'm also getting okay beautiful. with not having to always be in the public eye. I'm getting okay with like not always having to show up in the room thinking that I'm gonna miss something because what I'm missing is something for myself. The answers are within me and if I'm constantly going out and constantly shaking people's hands then I'm really just brought right back on their road and I've seen that, you know, I'm trying to teach people that if you want to be sustaining, become the new made in the USA, right? Make a product. Do something. Made if you don't want USA. to go work for someone, Ooh. become what it is you want to become. But it's going to be work. Neuroscience again, working on your identity. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and breaking the human condition. You want to be something? Find out how to be that person. Yeah. It's, uh, it's real stuff. Yeah. The only way you'll change, going right to your identity. Um, Question what you've been told. Question what you have not been told. Um, and don't believe most of what people are telling you to believe until you've done the research for yourself. That's true. Uh, and then you, you mentioned about uh, like not being the center of attention, but sweetie, you are because like <laughs> the way you, you you're the your your amazing outfits that you are. People flock to you. I don't know if you like. I'm just gonna like flip that quarter upside down and let you see the tail side, and. Uh, People flock to you. People love you. They want to meet you. You you have a glow when you walk in the room. You do. I don't know if you see it or not. I am but, celebrating. But you do. 
10 years of no alcohol in September as well. I and couldn't I think, do that. I'm having a brandy right now. <laughs> get, get drunk. Ba-bum-bum-ching. I'm You'll with have brandy. the best high of your life. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons omnipresence, God, whatever it is that you resonate with, brought me back is to show people that you can give yourself permission to be just as crazy, free, and wild without drinking. Um, I think here I've experienced or seen most people get loose when they've had two to three drinks in them and it's like i believe movement is part of our answer too and so like how do we all become a little more comfortable with moving without having one or two and that's just stop worrying about being judged yeah and and like with all the painting going on in here i'm sure the fumes just are <laughs> way better you probably are high anyways. Oh, yeah, for sure. So liquor, that's that's I don't know, <laughs> that's too much money. Some of this paint thinner. Yeah. So, <laughs> I've I definitely mean, had my um, fair share. Yeah. You oh, know, and I speak on that as well. Like, yeah. I speak to you know mental health. I speak to abuse conditions. Again, I'm here to kind of open the wound on some of those band-aids that I know that are just kind of placed yeah. but I also I'm not I'm not you know I think before too I was like let me not freak you out but like the siren right like going into places and like let people know like the rebels here and I'm gonna challenge everything that y'all are telling everyone and <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna beat your bullshit down and I just realized it's like I don't need to change anyone I just need to walk into the room be exactly who I am and offer what I believe I'm here to offer. That's a service. That's love. That's healing. And, and, um, you, and that's you do. Hugs. Yeah, you do. Uh, you give the best hugs. Yeah, I, I, I think you are. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's interesting to hear your sides of, of this and how you are inside and how you, you know, it's a battle and then it's healing and there's all this emotions and feelings and things like that going on. It's all the stuff that I don't see. I would never see unless I talked with you. And I don't see that with a lot of artists. And as this podcast goes on and I'm meeting these people that I'm inspired by, I am hearing those stories and it's fleshing them out. And they're even more identifiable and they're more inspiring. So I appreciate everything that you're sharing uh, about your struggles and, and uh, your overcoming because you have. Like you're standing here in your fucking gallery, you know, with the Two years ago, skyline. thought I was going to lose everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, like, oh my God, my life's over. <laughs> I, th I, think, I think it's just amazing what you've done. It's uh, going back to what you're saying about uh, creating a platform or working with people. I've never really wanted a platform. I just wanted to belong. You know, I wanted to see people how I saw them. And I've always given people the benefit of the doubt. There's always two sides to everything. And that's maybe my gift and curse on this planet that I'm willing to see another side, even if that side doesn't exist. Uh, and even if you don't like that side. I mean, yeah, I there's mean, a lot of things I don't like that I can't change, but I want to at least understand them. And that, that's the thing is I want to relate to everybody because that's a big part of why I do what I do. I'm, I'm, I put my work out there to connect with people. I want to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Money comes and goes. It's great when I get it. I can put gas in my tank and I can go to another location. But I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it was about money. 
you know, and but you've done that with so many artists, uh, and uh, I guess I run, I run into people. I was telling a few people I was doing a podcast with, and you're like, I love her. Uh, you know, I think being across the bridge by myself sometimes, I don't always get to hear all of that. Well, so well, you just don't it, always it, know what people are saying or thinking. I think sometimes I should put a little roster or a, what is it? The, when you ask people like their testimonies, you know, what was that? Uh, what was that of a YouTube clip? Um, in uh, I don't know Brooklyn or something like that with that woman she's like ain't nobody got time for that oh yeah oh yeah it's like on the news like no anyway and that that's literally how I feel about like any type of negativity or what people are saying if they may saying I'm just like ain't nobody got time for that and I don't care enough there's enough dark in the world and uh you know we're we're about the same age and uh the older I've gotten, the more, less I care. <laughs> I'm just like, I ain't Isn't got that time for truth? that. The only thing I, I want to have time for is sleep, you know? But, uh, and then uh, meeting these amazing artists like yourself that I've been a fan of for several years. Do you have anything on the horizon the next year or two years or something like that for the gallery? Well, we're working on programming. Um, we have two hopeful angel investors by the end of the year that will allow us to really dive deep into our programming that we'd like to create for women from an art pillar to a wellness pillar. Um, But we also too want to get more involved in our community because we do get pigeoned into the space in South Dallas. So um, we're making bigger efforts to partner with uh, corporations and companies that want to create um, art experiences whether that be from a a friends and family model to this is our corporate activation um, and seeing more women in art and technology be collected. There are only 5% of women in actual art collections. So that's probably my biggest reason for wanting to step up into this uh, arena and say that I have to start asking more people start collect women in art so we can just shift that conversation and um, see the scale start to balance and there be a little more equality, diversity and inclusion. Um, And then we're working on being the first zero waste space gallery in Texas, if not Dallas, for sure. That's Um, awesome. You're going to get like a award and stuff like that. Yeah, we're going to look for a few grants because they do give zero waste grants. we're currently, you know, like from not just was a standpoint, but I work with a couple of companies where we're looking into different type of uh, composting materials that would allow us to put these products back into the earth versus in our um, recycle or trash cans. That's so, awesome. We need more of that. Like the earth is just kind of. I mean, we have like I'm 28 too years. Many videos we're never going to be able to reverse, but we need to challenge. <laughs> Rivers you know? of bottles and stuff like that. It's kind of scary out there. So. Well, I think it also shows just how much we don't care. And we need to start caring more. We need to start developing that Sunday service every day in our life. Need to be First question ourselves. Yeah. And I can't ask anyone to be what they need to be until I'm doing it for myself. So I'm not asking for anyone to be anything more than I am today. I'm saying I'll meet you where you're at. But let's get better. We have our eight year anniversary coming up September 14th. September 14th, eighth yes. year. Yes, we'll be doing Woo-hoo. a zine workshop uh, from three to six with Molly. And then we have some special guests that we are still working out 
our negotiations. <laughs> Is it SpongeBob SquarePants? No SquarePants. <laughs> we were talking about we're him in earlier. circles here, not squares. <laughs> yeah, sorry, SpongeBob. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, please make sure that you uh, promote the hell out of that, or at I least will, create some sure. advertising. It's exciting to, to times. repost and reshare. Thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me. Again, incredibly inspiring. I love what you've done. Uh, I see mostly good. There's some bad stuff, but hey, no, no. We gotta. I, where's it? Leave your comment in the box downstairs. <laughs> I stuck a journal in there. <laughs> I so, think so. Uh, <laughs> well, Joseph, uh, thank you, because it's nice when people are willing to come in and just kind of pick me apart. I need it. Love picking people apart and getting to know them and finding out what is it, what's, what's the gears that move inside that puts all that stuff, that amazing stuff that they put out in the world that I just catch and go, oh, that's cool. I want to learn more about this person. So thank you. Uh, and until then, you guys stay creative.